0: Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode
1: of Cannon Talk. I'm here this morning, because as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal taking on Manchester United and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Two extremely tough games. But, yeah, let's go to the Emirates where we took on a Man United side who, you know, when when the lineups came out, um, their odds went... Basically, from 2.8 to you know, almost two to so it kind of dropped, making them almost even more favourites. My one friend who watched the Man United game with me actually, when he saw the two contrasts in lineups, you know, he put a thousand bucks on uh, Man United, and I was also just as worried seeing no Saka or Abamyang in the lineup.
0: I'm inside of the bat, my You know, the type of disrespect. I mean, I, I mean that's all you can really put it out as. Um, it, you know, certainly in our direction from certain pundits. I mean, like, especially, you know, someone like uh, Paul Scholes and Roy Keane. But I mean, also leading up to the game, there was already, um, it was like little to no chance given to us for this game. Because, look, of course, look, we have at that, that bias angle since we gooners and that. But I just thought to myself, what I've seen up to now, you know, like leading up to the game. I felt positive. I know, and you told me still you were feeling somewhat nervy or whatever. But, I mean, for me, I felt positive because I knew this sort was of a round of games we had. And, I mean, I don't know, like our other listeners now take this also. But for me, it's like United, they found themselves in this situation almost like by, you know, as I say, you know, you have to get yourself by go by crook to get somewhere. And it's like they smuggled themselves really into getting into this sort of position because, I mean, one minute you're talking about. Um, Say uh, City, Liverpool, um, m- maybe Tottenham at the time, and then Leicester, they all having a-, a run for it. And I mean, out of nowhere, I mean, United come with, uh, you know, when they're clocking up these. It you was know, like at times it's not like where they, where they get the, the, you know, little bit of help from the officials, especially at Old Trafford, where Bruno Fernandes is like thriving and living off uh, these sort of game, um, uh, these sort of key moments in games. So I mean, I wasn't really, you know, that worried about them, because look, I've seen what we've done with, with them, if you have a certain game plan and you stick to it at ultra effort, when we beat them 1-0, and I mean, we also saw, even though they were, you know, flying, say, in you know, the game before, like leading up to the, to the game, uh, to the big crunch game, they they also had a slip-up where they played Sheffield United, and although they had no real answers to come back from that uh, that sort of game, even though they were laughing and puffing.
1: Yeah, I know... Um... Definitely, and and I think United, you know, they like you've seen some bizarre decisions. One that comes to mind is that Brighton game where the ref blew the full-time whistle. You know, VAR said let's check; it, it, it could be a penalty decision. Mm-hmm. Man United gets the penalty decision. They beat Wolves, You know, last-minute goal. So they've been, like you said, getting the results. You know, not performing at their best, but still pulling away with results and. I think, you know, Arsenal came into this game very much underdogs, especially with their absentees. I mean, sorry, I forgot about TNE as well, who was who was out. I mean, missing TNE Saka and Aubameyang, those are three massive players.
0: And going into the game, I mean, for most parts, the first half, it was almost like, you know, two teams just uh, feeling each other out, you know, like two boxes. Nobody really wants to go, you know, really for the killer punch, because I think both teams knew each other's threats. Look, OK, we didn't have enough three key players. They actually made drastic changes from the game, from the team that lost to Sheffield United. So this was actually what you would call uh, one of the stronger United teams that they normally would put out. So, I mean, look, we missed, as you said, we missed three, you know, key players to this game. And I think, I, I really think that it's almost like the cutting edge would have been almost like more, you know, of, almost like visible with us because you already know what sort of factor um, Kirtiani brings in. You know this combo with uh, Aubameyang, who plays ahead of him. And then also, if you take the other side, the sort of uh, combination that uh, Bellerin and, and or the partnership that they've now uh, built between uh, Bellerin and Saka, it's also like phenomenal. And I just think to myself, this was also a game where, uh you know, I, I was also expecting a bit more from Thomas Party in this game because, look, I really thought it was going to be come, or come down as a clash between... Pogba and, and party to show, you know, who's like a more outstanding and influential midfield And then, I mean, both of them had like a, like off day. I mean, both of them needed like a deck chair because, I mean, they offered really nothing. And, I mean, for most parts, we also kept, say, somebody like Bruno Fernandes for the majority of the uh, game quiet. Although, I mean, he did show that nasty side of him where, you know, what was it, 12th or 13th minute where he ends up getting Cedric booked for... Um, like, you know, barely contact made to him and then, I mean, he ends up holding his face So he gets booked, that like, quite early and then, I mean, two minutes later the rest don't even check, I mean, it was like you know, a stance attack, uh, a stomp on, on Grande Xhaka's ankle and, I mean not even a yellow card given
1: that, that was bad, I mean, I was, you know, watching the game with, with a United fan and I was going on about, like, you know how is that a yellow card, the Arsenal you know, knocking the face and then, you know Bruno Fernandes clearly, you know, tramps on the back of his Achilles. That was intent to injure the player. That was not yeah. to play the ball at all. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it could have been a red card, but it's debatable because that was not, you know, done in the spirit of the game. Going for that tackle, that was to actually injure the
0: guy. I mean, it was like, just, uh, like quite a few seconds after uh, Jaka uh, laid the ball off, when he yeah. just starts coming in and going for the ankle, but. I mean, yeah, the other if let it slide, which was like you know really infuriating. But that being said, Arsenal of course now thought you know upping the tempo of the game, and I think it's only like two teams were also trying to out-counter each other with with you know the the, the traditional counter-attacks. But because I mean, there were some periods where you had United just sitting deep and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I mean, you've got somebody like say Martial and Rashford where they, when they do spring the offside trap, but not the offside, the counter, the quick counter. Now, Arsenal is quite difficult to, you know, uh, catch up to. But with mean, that being said, we you now press forward. Marty Landy ends up having a you know, pot-shotted goal, but I mean, of course, a very tame shot at the
1: Yeah, I, th- I think Arsenal did very well in terms of, you know, getting the foothold in the game. And I think we, you know, United were dominating in terms of trying to play on the counter, but Arsenal, you know, weren't falling for the tricks like they would have, you know, two, three, four seasons under Wenger where, you know, United almost throws a team out, plays a ball over the top and, you know, on their way to score two to three counter-attacking goals. So we were very wise to that. But I also think Thomas Partey's passes were, you know, always mis-hit. You know, I'm a big fan of him, but I think there were times where his passes were either under-hit or over-hit and it kind of slowed things down to, like, you know, quite drastically. Then I'm
0: in 20th minute. First, real big chance for United. Uh, Fred ends up eating a, almost like a dipping volley. Not really power, but more accuracy. And I mean, you can actually see the ball is already carrying in, like, you know, going to dip to the top corner. And I don't know how Leno manages to get this the right spring in his step, but I mean, he manages to claw the ball away for a corner. What to say by Leno?
1: Yeah, it is a heart-in-mouth moment. And he's slowly starting to, you know, increase his stock at the club. You know, like when Mart- uh, Martinez left. The first, you know, few games... For me personally, you know, I felt, oh, did we make a mistake getting rid of Martínez? Um, I still obviously miss Martinez, but you know, Leno's coming to that keeper where you're like, okay, this this guy is really, you know, solid at the back, and we've never had a keeper of that stature in a while, making you know such um, important saves, good on the ball, and very reliable and consistent.
0: And I think what I like about him is also, you, you know, he's cool and collective about things, about his opinion about stuff also. And, Just listening to him also, you know, when they asked him, I think it was when it was coming close to the time when Martinez was going to leave and he he was still, you know, battling over that injury, when he actually said, I know I'm going to be number one. Like, I mean, not like to to almost like play down uh, what Martinez brought to the club, especially in that FA Cup run. But I mean, you could actually see it was somebody that really knew or, you know, he's got a real, uh, you know, belief in his own talent. So, it just shows. I mean, I actually like that attitude
1: in, in him. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely got our number one spot sorted out. We just need to, you know, just to see how Matt Ryan's going to do it for our, from being his deputy for the next few months. But, um, you know, top save and, you know, keeping Arsenal in the game. I mean, those go in, you know. A lot of the time, those dip into the corner or in off the crossbar and suddenly you're finding yourself one down.
0: Then I think Arsenal's best chance uh, in that first half. Pepe then goes on this sort of mazy run, does like, I don't know how many step overs. Kind of, you know, I think as much as it sometimes can frustrate us. But I mean, at least he had a, you know, he brought a different angle to his game that you know, what we normally would see. Because you could see Maguire and uh, Lindelof didn't really know whether you know they must go for him or kind of, you know, just back off him. And I think the minute they back off him, Pepe ends up having a shot, and I mean, you can see it's already beating the keeper, but I mean, it just manages to kind of shave the post.
1: Yeah, I was also hoping that that would have called c- in because Pepe, you know, I've been his biggest, biggest critic, and I, I can say that I've always, you know, whenever he makes a mistake, I hop on it or that. But I, I must say his performances have improved. I don't know, you know, what caused the change in performances, but. You know, that's something that we bought paper for that kind of trickery in the box and, you know, trying to kill one in. I mean, those sometimes go in, but at least he's a threat and causing problems to the opposition's defence.
0: I think what, like, I mean, this is not just my opinion, of course. I mean, I'm sure the listeners and, and you all will also have something different. But, I mean, my take is just, you know, since the squad is now being trimmed so much with the, you know, with exits. So, we have now a smaller squad. So, now almost like your errors and it, it's going to be exposed even more. Now, you don't have anybody to hide behind. And, you know, like now, with, with the, uh, or in the other point also, the squad is all smaller now. Everybody's almost like vying for the places now. That he never places like gold now. And you can see, he knows, I mean, if he kind of messes up or whatever, he's going to lose his place because, look, it's now going to come down to Saka again to win his place over. Which is, look, he got now injured, like, you know, had a little niggle, he heap injury. So he kind of sits out. So now it's like, you know, Pepper's almost like fighting for his dear life now to keep it. And I think that is also where he's, solid performances are coming in now. And I mean, I I fully agree with you. I mean, he's being now a major factor. He's almost like becoming a headache now for opponents where they actually, they know, okay, he's not just coming now from that left side anymore. No, sorry, the uh, the right-hand side. But now he's playing almost like in the Aubameyang slot. And he actually looks more dangerous in that zone now. I mean, I didn't expect it because for me, it's almost like you want to get Pepe to cut inside and have a pop on that right foot. But now it's like, you see, a sort of different dimension, a different style to his game now, like when he's on the right-hand side. Yeah, and and,
1: if, and 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 I mean, I mean that's what 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 you want in a team, you know, somebody that can play on either flanks. I mean, he could even do a job, you know, as a as a guy behind the striker if if need be. So, you know, uh, Emil Smith, rowe as well. Uh, I know he had a quiet game in terms of setting up the chances and stuff. But uh, I mean, at the beginning of the game, I thought he was getting a bit overwhelmed. But he started, you know, he made up for for where he was a bit overwhelmed in in his work rate.
0: Look, uh, also with, with, with regards to Marshall and Rashford, um, you know the way the media also built this game up. You really thought they were going to now run, especially that two forwards were going to, you know, take us a new one, you know, like with our defense. But I mean, they, our play is actually new, and and I think you know just to bring up a point what you were saying about the, the style of our play where we always get sucker punched and and get really counted and, and you know the, the score ends up, you know, in, in massive uh, score lines against us. This uh, it's like the, the players we we had on show for this game. They actually knew whether you know when to back off, when to uh, double up on somebody, and whatever. And so I mean, they kind of figured them out, and that is why to see. So, uh, look, look, we're still going to get to it when that. But when when you have people like like Rashford, you know, not seeing out the full ninety, so it tells you he was really shut out in almost like all different angles as well.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think we we matured a lot as a team. You know, even if I say we matured from since mm-hmm. since Boxing Day. I don't know what has been the major factor in it, but we seem like you know a new team. And I think at nil nil, no, no, Arsenal sort of slowly growing with confidence. But uh, there there was some nervy moments, especially the one like before. And I don't know if, if I'm missing anything in between, but that one before half time when we gave Bruno a chance at the end of the box.
0: No, that when he ended up trying to float it over a like, top corner and ended up going more between corner flag and the goalpost.
1: No, I mean, the the free kick way with David Luiz um, It's yeah. it over and, and almost celebrates it as it's a goal.
0: Yeah. Then second half, um, Arsenal then made a tactical change. Uh, Martinelli came off. I mean, he was kind of quiet. I mean, but for that shot and that one defensive move that he made when he, you know, track back fast like in, the, in the first half when he ended up nipping in the head to, to get a ball away for a corner. Um, he had actually quite a quiet off, so William came on. I mean, I was not really sure about the decision. Me also. I, I was just thinking, I mean, you you know, you, you're going to try to possibly uh, you know, hold him at that bay, but also try to sneak a win. But I mean, I didn't expect, what was it, the 49th minute when he came, after he came on, the ball like, falls perfectly to William, and I think You know, just for that, somebody that lacks confidence. I mean, he was trying to get the ball almost like out under his feet, and I mean, in that time, one bissaka already comes under close him. I mean, William ends up crashing the ball against his legs and out for a corner.
1: Yeah, I was quite pissed off at that point. I was thinking, you know, (laughs) maybe it was Bamieng or someone else, and that would have been in the back of the net.
0: Yeah, and at fiftieth minute, I mean, William again gets the ball. This time, he again beats the the right side fullback. You know, you, you know, play beats him all, ends up, and manages to worm himself into the box. And I mean, he tees up Pepe perfectly. And I mean, because Pepe, Pepe is already coming in with a a sort of finish that we saw against Man United last season at at, at uh, the Emirates. Where he just comes in from outside wide and then just sl- slashes the ball. And I mean, Harry Maguire makes a fantastic block because I mean, that ball I think Dagaya was beaten all ends up.
1: I think Arsenal awesome started, you know, started it so slowly starting getting that more you know, self-belief and self-confidence. And, you know, uh, as I'm watching this game, and I know, you know, you can't go back in time, but I'm thinking, you know, if only a Fabian or even Saka was on the field, you know, so- something would have possibly could have, you know, put United under more pressure. Because you could see they were starting to, you know, panic about United.
0: And I mean, for me, also, you know, I put my hand up. I've also been Williams biggest critic. But I mean, this was probably him playing his... For like, you know, his first decent appearance since so probably the opening day of the season,
1: yeah, uh, I, I I agree. And I mean, uh, I've, Pepe and William have been two people in the team that I've really been, you know, having a go against consistently. And you know, they, they've actually stepped up. And I mean, if they can add more to this performance, is you know, you have an all round squad that. You know, there's no, almost a gap in the squad. I mean, look at Cedric and Balladin, you know, yeah. if, if one of them plays, it's fine. On the left side, Cedric does a decent job at times, but I still think we're almost seeing a player there. If, if Tierney and maybe Baladin gets injured, I mean, you want another guy there. But for the most part, you know, I've seen everything in our team is starting to be that, way. you always mentioned, you almost want kind of two players almost in each position.
0: But, I mean, one thing I must, you know, you can win, you also. I mean, I wasn't really expecting this, but... What I noticed early on in that in that game also, or in, in this United game, you can see Cedric has actually been working on his crosses on the with the left foot because there yeah. were times when he was you know doing the overlap run. And you could see he was just, you know, like kind of composing himself and then hitting almost like a you know inch perfect cross. I mean, at times it ended up floating way over, but I mean there were no uh, people hanging on the back post. And at times he was also looking for Lacazette, and I mean Luckers was kinda of trying to do his own little job. I mean. No, he also played a, a, a decent game because he was pulling that whole centre, you know, that centre back out of position constantly.
1: Yeah, he was even working his socks off. Like you know, the only problem I had with this, I wouldn't say a problem, but you know, looking to the Arsenal bench, you know, once you brought William on for Martinelli and you kind of looked at at the bench, and I felt it it was a bit pay bearing in mind that Odegaard obviously still. You know, finding his feet, or we would need to find his feet, as he hasn't played the game on English soil yet. But if you look at that Arsenal team, it felt quite bare in attack. Like you mm-hmm. could see that you, you, miss a sucker and a bar, being to add that, you know, power on the, on the, um, on the bench.
0: Yeah. Uh, then for the 55th minute, uh, Marcus Rashford then makes a dash up the at the uh, Arsenal goal. Uh, William and Jacker then double up on him. I mean, I didn't expect uh, William to even help out there. <laughs> And, I mean, it ends up, you know, with the two of them kind of smothering him into, like, an error. He ends up losing the ball. Arsenal, between the two of them, uh, William and Jacques, they smuggle the ball off him and play the ball to Leonard to get him some breathing space by putting up the ball up the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's there's, there's a good play not to dilly-dally with the ball at the back, you know, like... We've, we've, we've been caught with our pants down so much that I'm trying to, you know, be cute and clever. But, I mean, you know, it's typical David Lewis fashion when he's playing at the back. The team, you know, go safety first.
0: Yeah. Then 58-minute Cavani then ends up force, forcing Leno you know, into a solid save. But, I mean, it was getting worrying sometimes when, you know, the ball was allowed to get that far over. I mean, besides, you know, the fullback sometimes allowing that cross to come in. But also, the two in the centre you know, we're, we're at times losing Cavani quite easily and that was becoming, you know, a worry as the game was now wearing on in the second half.
1: No, definitely Cavani had quite a few challenges in the game to bag it for Man United, you know, strike off that quality and experience, you know. There, there were times when the the he was doing, uh, I recall the one also when he was like, you know, right in front of the pole and he kicked it the opposite way, you know,
0: past the goal post. I mean Leno was going the opposite direction, but you know it was in a speech box. And the one also with Leno where he's totally out of position. The ball actually goes behind. Leno eats the post and then bounces away. Yeah. Like, uh, see Leno's totally misjudged the like the, the, the flight of the ball, like the way he's not positioned himself.
1: Yeah I think there was some heart in mouth moment, but I mean you know uh, that's the, the beauty of the of the Premier League and uh a like it you know also had uh, you know Pepe did have another amazing uh, run can't recall again the, the minute of it, but when he came from the right-hand side and he cut in you know, and he tried to curl one as well past there, yeah, and it just went also inch-perfect, you know, just past the pole. I mean, even if there would to be a lick of paint on the other side, we could have yeah. been saying well, one no, Arsenal.
0: Yeah, I think at the moment you're talking about with the Rutgers, it was 65th minute where he ends up clipping the, the crossbar, but I mean, you can see the has beaten all ends up, because he just ended up just watching the ball bounce away.
1: Yeah, it was... Oh, uh, it was so close. I mean, we, we, we had a fair chance, and and, and it was a type of game that, as it, you know, petered out to, towards the, the dying, you know, minutes of, like, the, in the last few minutes, 10, 20 minutes of the game, it became a game that, you know, you you would be happy with a draw, but you could feel that, oh, win is possible. So as the game wore on, you kind of think, oh, can we cancel win this, we cancel win this. And then it came to a point eventually where you said to yourself, you know, I'll take the point, but I just don't want to lose it anymore.
0: Yeah, 83rd minute, Odegaard makes his debut, comes on for Smith-Rowe, who also you know, played his, himself into the ground again. I mean, that, that kid really got the engine on him. Um, and I, I think what I found actually funny watching you know, the Odegaard uh, debut, um, you could see United didn't really know what to do with him. You know, it's like <clears throat> something, like, uh, you know, like a, almost like a new toy, they don't know how to really play with it because... They didn't know whether to go at him when he was running with the ball, rather than give him that space to, you know, to dribble and, and lay balls off. But, I mean, for me, promising touches by him, and I mean, I'm quite excited to see more of him.
1: No, definitely. I think he will add a lot to the team. It will give us, you know, if, if we're playing, I'm not disrespecting them, but, like, you play maybe against uh, Brighton at the Emirates or... You know, one of the teams, West Bromwich, the Emirates, or whatever, you know, you have the option of maybe sticking either a or Party to, you know, sit behind Odegaard and Emil Smith-Rowe, you know, to, to open the team up even yeah. more. So, so yeah, he gives us that option and I hope we're going to use it. But I think, you know, your Open League's coming up very soon as well. So, I guess we're going to have to rotate and we won't have, with our smaller squad, we won't have that luxury of just, you know, playing players as we want to. Uh, then, of course, 94th
0: minute, why and it end up colliding in the last, you know, part of the game. it, uh, of course, ends up, I think, you know, kind of like having Tizzi's spell, so he ends up being rather substituted, and Eden Kitty comes up. But I mean, by that time, I think both teams, you know, the last two minutes, I think both teams just, you know, rather settled for it. So the game ends 0-0. Zero, zero.
1: So there's a good point, but, you know, that was there, I guess, for the taking. And like I said... Promising and top performance. I just feel that, you know, a likes of Saka or some quality of a Bamiang would have added to the team. But you know what? We take the point and we go on to the Molineux.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Arsenal, as I would call it, the revenge or look, you know, really, because, I mean, look, we were dominating this game from the get-go, from the first half. The team looked already on the money because, I mean, the first... Chance because I mean, this was like the first dominating half that I've seen Arsenal play in probably. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it even months, I'd call it season, even in a, a couple of seasons where it's that direct. Because it took something like 43 seconds for the first chance where yeah, Saka ends up clipping the post. And I mean, unlucky because I mean, he already draws the keeper out, the keeper goes down quite early. And then by the time he places, I was just expecting the ball to almost like kiss the inside of the post and go in. But I mean it ends up hitting the post straight on and bouncing out again.
1: You need to take your chances, you know, something like that. I mean, it's uh, I know you are being a bit critical, but sometimes those those need to go in and it could have knocked the winner to their sails. But you mentioned um how while well Arsenal started, you know, the the commentator I do it was for the season or the year, okay, couldn't be the year, but probably for the season. Arsenal haven't scored a goal, only they only scored a goal twice in the first 15 minutes of a game. So, just elaborate on what you said of you know, we're very slow starters, or we come to the party very slow. But I mean, this game we started like a house on fire.
0: Because I I just think you know, I was mentioning to a friend the other day when we were talking, even like now, just as the first half was you know, this is where Arsenal do miss that sort of um, you know, that that Pires Freddy type player where. They are quite, you know, clinical the, on the Monday because, you know, a game like this, we should have put to bed way early. You know, you know, almost like kind of blitzed them in 20 minutes, something like that, because, I mean, it was like quick. Such uh, was, it, it was such a uh, like force who were coming to this game. I mean, Wolves looked uh, like shell-shocked at the pace and ferocity we came out because, I mean, the tackles were not, not dirty, but, you know, hard and fair. And, I mean, we were kind of winning all the 50-50s. We were winning the, like, the majority of the aerial balls. And, I mean, look, fourth minute also, Cedric ends up laying shot to Saka. And, I mean, he, uh, he fires the instinctive shot at three And, I mean, he stings the keeper's hands with that shot.
1: Yeah, as we were literally, you know, piling on the pressure. And Wolves, you know, haven't won a game since, I think, it was the 15th of December. So, they were also, you know, on the back foot. And, and us starting so fast was a, a, a shock to their system.
0: Yeah, the ninth, ninth minute, um, Arsenal ended up having a... Uh, like a Z goal ruled out. Okay, rightfully by VAR. Again, great work by uh, by Bukayo He ends up, you know, uh, you know, really pinging the ball into the box. But I think uh, like as it kind of got himself like just over anxious to, you know, get ahead of his marker.
1: Yeah, does does uh, uh, I I really thought we were gonna take the leader. I I celebrated and then obviously you know VAR as the party pooper has been. Um, all, always seems to, to disallow Arsenal goals or very or really dubious decisions. But like you said, rightfully so, offside.
0: Yeah. So, of course, the uh, weather starts taking a turn for the worst. And I mean, really the worst. Because the rain just starts lashing down. And all of a sudden, it kind of also acts as like a game-changer. Because Somedo in the 23rd minute, he ends up having a, a almost like a heat and hope shot from outside the box. The ball kind of skids in front of Leno. I mean, Leno just manages to palm away. And I mean, by the time, the, you know, all of the Wolves guys, uh, especially the one debutant, uh, William Jose, he ends up kind of, you know, going for the the, the little scappy finish. But I mean, Leno was quick to gather and smother the ball.
1: Yeah, it it became one of those games, if you're not going to take your chances, it's going to be a real, you know, yeah. edge of your seat game. And yeah, I just, you know, awesome that to heed warning, but I mean, we did. Eventually, you know, Pepe from the left, as you mentioned, with a lovely, amazing run. I think he put the ball through Semido's legs. I don't know if he put it through his legs, but he beat him quite yeah. convincingly. And then, you know, slotting the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, for me, I was like, hey, this is Pepe again. And Wendell to Arsenal. And I thought, ah, I think this is tickets for, uh, for Wolves.
0: And I think also a few minutes before even the goal, he ends up cracking the... the... Post also when he ends up, oh, yes, yes it, though, uh, still... I don't know how many of them on the one side, and I because I mean, Rui Patricia puts his hands up, but I mean, the ball clearly goes over and eats the post and bounces out again. And I mean, it, it's another also near because So, I mean, also could have been easily, you know, four up already.
1: Yeah, I didn't remind you of the game we're going to Leeds a few years back, I think it was the 03 or 04, or it was the Oh, two oh, three season where we literally blitzed the Wolves like in the first few, first half they were like four down so three down so I think that's where Arsenal awesome. can learn a bit from it. it's be a bit more clinical but yeah I mean you know you all up you're not complaining
0: I mean the 43rd minute a big worry for Arsenal when Lena goes up for a ch- challenge at the corner and I mean look at the weather's also getting blustery rain is still lashing down and I, I forgot who it was if it was Nevis or somebody where they ended up you know, you know, attacking the ball, but when they came down, they end up landing on his ankle, which kind of, you know, buckles a bit and he goes down injured. So, you know, it was again, you know, big worries like we were kind of thinking, or I was personally thinking, oh man, is this now Brighton all over again?
1: <laughs> yeah, I-, I was also a bit concerned and hoping that there wasn't going to be a long term injury, especially, you know, since, uh, uh, What's the guy, Ryan, um, Matt Ryan but he, from, from Brighton wasn't on the bench. So I, I had a bit of nerves with and having to possibly, you know, deputise for him if, he, if need be.
0: Yeah. So forty-five minute with Arsenal awesome, like, just having to see out two minutes of uh, injury time. And I was thinking to myself, you know, guys just see it up, like play a position game. And I don't know how Arsenal awesome end up kind of screwing this whole thing up because all of a sudden the ball breaks you know, to, to the Wolves' off, because I think it was a you know kind of cheap position being lost. And Wolves end up just hitting the ball almost like into the open gap between David Luiz and uh, Rob Holding. And of course, uh, William Jose ends up, you know, sprinting down the middle. It was like the path is literally open because we kind of caught a high up the field. And in that motion of him running, William Jose running into the Arsenal box, his heel ends up clipping the, the chasing David Luiz's kneecap and he ends up going sprawling after taking two or three steps after the fact. And I mean, the ref ends up giving a penalty. You know, a real shocking and, and turning point for me in this game.
1: Yeah. I heard I, I also um, a lot of people say the ref had his whistle in his mouth to blow for half-time because I think the penalty happened just, you know, 45 plus 2 and it was 2 minutes in injury time and then David Luiz committed the, the foul thereafter. after. So, and then I mean it's not for me, you know, possibly give a penalty if yeah. if 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 you want to give a penalty. But you know what happened to the double Jeopardy rule? It wasn't like yeah. David Lewis purposely kind of stopped um I've seen Arsenal, you know, in games playing his opposition where no red card is given in a you know when the guy is through on goal. And I'm not saying it's I'm an Arsenal fan, just but if you look at it, I mean a lot of people were even saying, you know, not the penalty. I mean not the red card. You know, you give the penalty fine, but don't, don't you I mean you you end it basically you crash the game at that point. I mean, Arsenal are on top of things and it just shows also, you know, you need to take your chances.
0: And I mean for me that you know that what what was really annoying me, seriously annoying me. When you think sometimes for say a Liverpool decision like for a goal, they will scan and rescan and triple scan you know are I mean, they made their decision within what under a minute. They decided, okay, that is it. And yet, when we were getting the angles that that um, whichever TV network you were on, you could clearly see what was going on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, why didn't the ref look at the screen and say, you know, if uh, the ref had to look at the screen and keep his on-field decision, you know, you respected, uh, even though you don't you know, don't agree with it. But I mean, the ref didn't even go and never second check to see. Let me see if I'm making a because it's a big decision I'm making. And you look at, I mean, hopping back to the United game, Bruno Fernandes stamping on the back of um Jacques Achilles, things like that don't get a second look. But I mean, for something simple, you're getting the refs to, to have a second trick.
0: I mean, look at, at, at how many times they analyzed the pepper headbutt, yes, and also the that Grande when he ended up choking the guy. I mean, of course, there it was stupid, but. There was also provocation leading to the fact, and yet you don't see that also getting punished.
1: No, not at all. And others, we are, you know, for, for me, you know, maybe it gets it right, to whatever percentage of the time that I think it, it should go, because it's, it's still causing controversy. It's not getting things 100% right. I mean, you know, consistency, I mean, that's uh, on another day, would that be a penalty or a red card? I don't know. But I mean, the ref didn't even have a second check.
0: So, you know,
1: Ruben Neves ends up stepping up and he sends Leno you know, the wrong way. 1-1. One, one. Uh, I, think, I think I messaged you and you knew like, put something inside and we just said, like, you know, this is not a game that Arsenal are going to end up winning. I know you said Arsenal should try to, you know, try to sneak another second yellow for one of their players, can't get to this name again. But to kind of, you know, level the playing fields. But oh, it was just so frustrating. I mean, having the game in the palm of your hand, You know, it's one thing conceding a goal, but giving away a red card, you know, it's always going to be an uphill battle against a Wolves side, who haven't won, like I said, in the Premier League since the 15th of December.
0: Yeah. So, second half, Arsenal then, of course, have to restructure their old setup, gameplay and tactics. Uh, Lacazette then comes off, Gabriel replaces him, so that we have already now a second centre-back. And then, of course, for me, 49th minute, almost like the wind really knocked out of ourselves. Jaume
1: Moutinho ends up beating a 30-yard rocket and I mean with Leno not even close to a 2-1 Wolves At uh, that point, you know uh, 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 the best I was going to hope for is a draw because I just yeah. couldn't see us uh, winging our way back into the game but you know kudos to the team as well for you know, trying to make things happen, not letting the wheels fall off, like you know uh, don't mean to criticise Wenger but you know Wenger's side would have you know capitulated but they, they, they tried to keep on chipping away, chipping away. There wasn't probably, for me personally, much chances in the maybe in the first half, I mean the second half, you know, leading up to the 16th minute for Arsenal, but it was just kind of trying to stay in the game, I think, it had to steal a goal where they could.
0: Yeah, and of course, this is first minute, Arteta makes a decision where he ends up taking off Pepe, which, I mean, I still, I mean, look, we normally agree fully with the manager and that, but... I just think a sub like that was almost like wrong at the almost like the wrong point also because yeah okay he brought in Young. but I mean if you already had because look they were at times, especially when Pepe was going out on the right side with that uh, Max Kielman, who was the like, like I mean he's a regular sometimes in the center of defense but this is the first time he played as a left back, and he was struggling with the sort of footwork that was coming his way with, with Pepe and I mean he was on the yellow as well. And, I mean, for me, it kind of took the a, a sting out of things when, he, uh, when Pepe then came off.
1: Yeah, I know. I think Pepe's the type of guy, when he's on form, you know, you, you, you could give him the ball and he could maybe make something happen. But the biggest problem, I think, Arsenal was starting to get boxed in. There was nobody really um, uh, 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 up front. as a point, man, just to hold the ball, just to kind of take the pressure of things. And every time Wolves came back at us, Wolves came back at us.
0: So, yeah, as you now mentioned, like 66 minutes, that was now the period where Wolves now started really dominating the game. There was a growing in confidence because, I mean, now they were starting to smell blood, you know, literally with us. So, 71st minute, Leno then makes a, a decent save from William José, and it was like a good strike, especially on, on a slick pitch. But then 70, 72nd minute, I mean, Leno ends up rushing out of the area. Uh, you know, I mean, the Rainers also, of course, lashing down, and he ends up, since so the ball kind of skidded on him, he fails to read the bounce of the ball and ends up handling the ball. Red card Leno and Arsenal down to nine men.
1: Yeah, I, I think things couldn't have gotten any worse. I uh, Just looking at the screen, you know, that unbelievable feeling. It's like, how did the game start the way it did and just end up, you know, with nine men against a struggling offside? And I don't know how you felt after being down to nine men. I don't know if you... Uh, uh, uh thought that we had a chance of pipping something still, but then on came Runa, Runison, and then off came Thomas Party. I mean, I'm not sure why they decided to take him off instead of Shaka.
0: You know, but what I must actually give props to it, you know, it's almost like uh, so the, what they call, you know, lesson learned, because I mean, I heard uh, David Seaman talking about it as well. And this was something that Runison did quite early in the game, like, you know, in that period when Nina came on as a sub. When that ball was coming to him and like whenever the wolves were going along with the ball, he knew exactly okay, I'm not gonna run out of the box. There's enough water on this pitch for that ball to it was like with the momentum of that pitch and the ball will take it, you know, into my arms. And he was doing that constantly. And I was just thinking that I mean I know Leno was trying to force the game. That's why he you know came racing out of his box. But I just think in a situation like that, and this is what I was not trying to mention with regards to David Simon, he was also on Sky Sky News yesterday. And he also said well you should judge that already based on the weather, where you know okay, the ball is always gonna come slick, you know, slick at you, and I mean it can eat you anyway or any part of your body. So rather play it safe so you know you're in your box and you can you know, if something goes a bit awry, you can't save it with your ends and that. But I mean I think for Yumi almost like Leno kind of sold himself down the river, you know, with with that uh, racing under the box like that.
1: Yeah, was, I think it was that moment, you know when you have a blood rush? to yeah. your head, and, and kind of, you know, in a panic state, we need to get back in this game, something like that happens, so you know, down to nine men, I mean, I don't think I I, I saw any hope after that, I mean, we were already struggling with ten men, but I mean, for another red card, you know, you can't complain about that one, but um, flip, I, I, when, when I saw, you know, Ruder he kind of did the team himself, except that one pass he did, where he kind of passed it out for a and I just I'll play it in my hands.
0: I mean, the final big chance actually did come to Arsenal, strange enough, because Saka ends up getting himself, you know, maneuvering himself closer to the box. He plays a, a decent through ball to Hector Ballard and, I mean, Ballard, of course, wants to now have a pot at goal, but, I mean, there's so many bodies in that Wolves box. I mean, the ball ends up cannoning off one of the defenders. It comes out. Saka then ends up eating the rebound, but again into somebody's legs. And, I, I mean, that is when I felt, okay, you know, it's over. I mean, as much as You know, the lads tried to fight, but I mean, you know, we end up losing the game 2-1. But, you know, also hats off to the guys because, look, the wheels could have come also totally off the way we did with Southampton at Old Trafford, where they also lost two players over, like, what's it, second minute and I think 70-something minute. And, you know, it was like the wheels already came off after they lose their first win already. and Whereas Arsenal was still trying to make a game of it, even with 10 men. And then, I mean, with nine men... We had to even play even more clever to, to, you know, manoeuvre ourselves, to get even up the pitch. And, I mean, we were getting, you know, little bits and bobs of chances. But, I mean, a team can only also do so much. I mean, for me, it's a defeat. But, you know, almost like, you know, just a whack on the the chin. And, I mean, for the next game, I think, you know, get the heads up, boys. Because, I mean, they did show a hell of a lot of art. that something that we always wanted to do. You know, if we go out, we go out fighting.
1: Uh, and, and the next game, it, you're talking about you want the head up. I definitely want my head up against Aston Villa. I want my revenge against Aston Villa. I want somebody that wants revenge, but the way Aston Villa beat us 3-0, and I felt they were, were quite arrogant, and they um, they just felt like they were you know, also allowed to be bullied by them, and they just came with a swagger. So I do think we owe one to them, and I'm just really hoping that we can party and keep the likes of Grealish quiet. And... Um, and also Xhaka and, and, and with Barkley, Grealish and Barkley. And what's their the, the centre forward? I um, can't get to his name now.
0: Oh, Ollie Watkins.
1: Yes, yes, that's it. That's the one. So they, I think they, those three are definitely their the danger man. And obviously Martinez as well. He's he's definitely added so much to the team. I mean, they went really from relegation battlers. And with him in the team, I mean, he's, he's made a lot of difference. So I think it's good to see him do well. But, you know, hopefully... He, he that's one of those TV dives that he did against Reading, if you can remember, in that uh, four at seven-five game, where he kind of parries the ball into the net.
0: <laughs> oh, that TV moment it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the cameras. Yeah, um, yeah. With regards to Villa, yeah, they've he a dodgy patch because um, I think after a decent start to the season, they've now also you know the last five games they've lost three, and exit ninth in the league, league I believe two points ahead of us. But as you said, now key men will be Grealish, Watkins, and even that El Ghazi, who's always, yeah, like, in a, you know, he's like a, somebody, he'll needle somebody until he gets his way through. So, yeah, with, with regards to the top goal scorer, it's Ollie Watkins with nine, and then top assist is uh, Grealish with 10. With regards to Arsenal, like I said, he's kind of on a hot streak now. He's up to eight goals now. And top assist, I don't ask me how this is here, yeah, but Williams got... He's tied with Smith
1: at one three with he was oh, uh, still from the first game of the season, just so we don't have <laughs> any sharing place in the team. That you, it's just the three times the first time of the season. Um, you haven't done much, but I think uh, it's gonna be a bit tricky, you know. No, no double Louise. How his red card never got rescinded? I don't know, but um, was it Benderak or something like that? So red card got rescinded. I don't understand how it was the same kind of challenge. Um and and yeah, I think it's it's probably gonna be Gabriel and holding. Holding is very shaky when put next to Gabriel for some reason. I'm not sure if it's a experience thing, but holding with Louise and Marie seems much, you know, firmer. Uh is T still out to the game?
0: Uh, uh possibly, yeah. Because I mean look at keeping kinda keeping his cards close to his chest because there could be quite a bit of changes also in the squad besides now the the obvious you know with the two guys got the red cards but i think there could be some surprises also sprung on on us and on villa because i think he would actually try to keep things as close to his chest as he can like leading up to the game who do you think is going to go, or well the problem with matt ryan is he's got a hip injury and uh, oh, up God. to what is it thursday he, he hasn't trained yet and i mean for me, you know, would you let the guy just train no. 24 hours? No, no, no. I don't think it's a wise choice. So, yeah, so with regards to that, I think that's going to be like a almost like a real uh, headache now for, for Arteta. But I, I just think also don't want to really risk EOT you know, any while. We are showing we are still quite an attacking team. But, I mean, as, as we both now mentioned also prior, uh, some like he's almost like the heart of this team. That you know, almost every, everything runs through him. Also, the way the game plan, gameplay, also the tempo of the game, he almost like absolutely even more so, he gives the opponents even less time to catch a breather.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I think the midfield too picks himself with party and shaka in front of them. you think Odegaard gets to start, or do you throw Emil again in to, to, to play that attacking mid role?
0: i don't know it depends what's now also been done with with regards to you know the other training and tactics have been done for this week preparing for the villa game but the the point i also wanted to make was um you know with pepe now he's now um it looks like he's being pro he's prospering now playing out on the on the left-hand side of the pitch in the obama and now the bumming just about fit to get into the squad again how are you gonna do that now because look Saka should be fit for the game. So, you know, where are going to think? Because, look, you don't just want to mess around with Lacazette's form right now because he's a link-up player. I mean, he's also up there, the, the top assist for Arsenal. I forgot to mention that. But he's also up there for setting up goals as well.
1: Do you, do you think Arsenal kind of play a Lacazette behind Emile Smith, I mean, behind the Bameyang, push Pepe on the left? And, and you kind of have a Bameyang, I mean, like I said, dropping a bit deeper? Or, or do you think that, you know, yeah. Nalif...
0: No, you'd rather have say somebody like a smith or o- or odegaard because look, you need that sort of cre- creative and r- a player that's quite fast, that can you know that, that can run, that can uh, keep you know people busy because that is the, the key to the transition now of from what we saw start of the 2021 season, like where we almost like we're failing at, at all attempts, like you know, with with, with results for majority of the, the, the first half of the season whereas now. You've got somebody that's running between the lines between defence and midfield or midfield and attack. And that, just that, filling that space in between. That is sort of legs. And so you see, see somebody like, like Smitheroe, look at, I mean, he ends up running himself literally into the ground. Like, at, at times he, he walks like a cowboy when he's done playing because he has literally put in a hell of a shift because that is quite a, a tough job to do because just to, to, to keep yourself active in almost like in two halves, but in that little spaces that, that's always been left open. And that is where we are...
1: Also hurting teams now. I agree. I think maybe, you know, Aubameyang should possibly start and come from the bench to kind of, you know, earn his spot back. I mean, Pepe also kind of a drop-in performance, you know, you kind of throw him back in. But, I mean, there's no point just, you know, throwing Pepe out. Or or you're not not sending a positive message to your team if if you're just going to let people walk back in. It kind of tells you, you know, as good as you will perform, if somebody comes back that's my first team first choice, you know, you fall out of the team. So, you know, like uh, I think it's through what you mentioned now you brought up some valid points. You know, a needs to kind of you know work his way back into the team as weird as it sounds. Or, you know, if it like plays himself into the ground this game, you know, next next fixture you, you allow Abamiang to lean the line and up and you know it like can take, uh, hang his feet up a bit to just take a bit of a break but Especially with fixtures thick and fast, you know Arsenal to kind of think how they're gonna balance the squad.
0: You know, I think at that point that you actually made, and i just still sticking in my head, when you think how we lost in the manner in which we lost to to Aston Villa, at the Emirates. Remember that was a game where I still told you, or I think you also picked it up, where party was end up getting so frustrated because Jaka and El Nini were just playing between themselves. They were always, like, yeah. you know, overlooking because I think that was, was like they were not. Fully trusting him with the ball, yet you know with the way he plays. Yeah, I mean for me now, uh, you know with this game, this is what now what you said like, about five, ten minutes ago, where you said now they have to see Thomas Partey now dominating, like you know take over that midfield now the way he should have been do- doing in in, the, in uh, late twenty
1: twenty. Yeah, late- no, I agree. I think if we can get the foothold in the midfield, if he can dominate Grealish, I think you know Arsenal could stand a very good chance of you know especially if they put their chances away. I feel you know we 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 owe it to Aston Villa to you know put two or three goals past them.
0: Yeah. So with that, do you in the podcast now? Do you have any other pointers you want to make before we? No, I'm, it? I,
1: I'm I'm i happy we we done well.
0: Okay. Then take care, guys. Enjoy the weekend. For uh, hopefully it's a fantastic game because I mean there are some other crackers also. I think the City Liverpool game should also be something to watch also over the weekend so take care guys stay safe bye cheers guys have a good weekend i hope we can get to three points